everybody, and welcome to day eight of our Heaven podcast, where we are unpacking together, Becky and I, we are unpacking together what heaven might be like, why it matters, what we think about it, and what hope we can find in the promise that God gives to us about heaven. So welcome back to day eight, Becky. Great to have you here. Great to be with you, Chris. Good, good, good. And today we're going to go back to the Old Testament. So each day we're taking a passage, a few verses from the Bible, different parts of the Bible, which reference or talk about heaven and look at what we can learn from them. So great to have you back with us today. Psalm 16 is our passage for today. Becky, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the Psalms, what they're kind of all about before I read that Psalm to everybody? Yeah, so um, we are going to a section in the Bible which is full of song lyrics, essentially. That Psalms mean songs, so they would have been written perhaps for individuals to sing, perhaps for choirs, um, but they're written... Um, they're very personal expressions from mostly from a guy called David. Some Psalms are written by others. Um, and David was uh, the king of Israel. That is the nation that the Old Testament primarily centers its story around. And it's a nation chosen by God, chosen to be the people of God. It's the nation which Jesus would eventually be born into. Um, but uh, David was um, a king who was described as a man after God's own heart. He had a relationship with God that was perhaps unique at the time, very intimate relationship, a relationship which caused him to write these very, very honest songs. Um, and we're looking at one such song today. David did not have a simple rule. Um, his time as king was fraught with enemies, with betrayal, with several character flaws on his own part. Um, and so every psalm kind of gives us an insight into something that's going on in David's life. We don't know precisely the circumstances which give rise to this psalm today, but as we unpack what David says in this, I think it can give us a pretty good picture of the, some of the things that he's he's wrestling with, some of the things that he's um, that are going on in his life at the time. So um, we're going to Psalm 16, which is called a miktam of David. I think we'll pick up on that language. In a moment, will we, or will we pick up on it now? <laughs> no, I think. Well, why don't we read it and yeah, then, uh, and then it. we get. So again, the psalms sometimes come with a little note, don't they, at the top before you get into the meat of them? That can be a musical direction or something like that. And yeah, we get this phrase of miktam of David, which we'll kind of come back to because it could be quite significant for us a little bit later on. I think. Read it. Yeah. So Psalm 16 says this: "Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge." I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So 
I think there's a little bit of language in there which was perhaps familiar in David's time but is lost on us a bit today. So um, he he's in the opening of the song talks about those who run after other gods will suffer more and more i will not pour out libations of blood to such gods mm. what does that mean <laughs> great questions that's an amazing phrase isn't it libations of blood well it, it was very common in in these um times where this was uh, being written for people to uh follow different gods uh, all sorts of uh, shapes and sizes of different gods but there was quite a common thing that went on from all the different groups of people around all the different gods that they were following that they would make sacrifices to those gods often horrific sacrifices actually um and uh, uh they often involve blood so killing something and sprinkling blood and, and that kind of stuff and so um david is saying here that if you run after other gods than god than than the one true god you'll suffer he's saying i will not offer sacrifices i will not do anything that is seen as an act of witness or praise to or adoration of other gods and and libations of blood sacrifices those kind of things would have been ways that people would have praised and honored the gods of their culture so he's just making it very clear i'm not going to do anything i'm not going to sacrifice anything offer any kind of blood offering anything like that to to any other gods yeah so okay that makes a lot important. more sense now yeah, yeah. it's also worth us remembering as we read this and we're thinking well that's a terrible song lyric that this was written in hebrew and it probably sounds quite lovely in hebrew yes but... <laughs> a bit like yeah 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 when you hear a, a song that was originally in english being sung in a different language yeah. and well, it doesn't even rhyme yeah. or that. yeah <laughs> fair fair point what about this phrase my portion and my cup that's mm. another phrase that might be a little bit unusual for us yeah yeah well it kind of helps us as we as we read along my portion and my cup you make my lot secure the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places so this is picking up on this idea that israel were promised by god um a land a physical land the holy land we might call it now um, this promised land where they would be able to live in safety and God would be their God and they would be a people and they'd be recognized by others as a people. And when they were given this land, um, boundary lines were drawn up and assigned to different people and different tribes. And it was their inheritance. They were given land that they could freely live in. And David is saying, Lord, you are my promised piece of land almost you are the place where i can dwell in safety um and the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places as in i'm i'm happy with my lot i'm happy with the place that you have put me in and uh because you are my portion you are my promised piece of land does that make sense yeah it makes great sense yeah yeah, yeah. And that's great that he's, I mean, we're going to move on to talk about what's what's the point of all this. Well, one of the key points is he's saying, my all my hope is placed in you. We talked yesterday or on day seven, whenever anybody's listening to this, about reliance on God being like a key, a, a key value, a key thing. Well, he's saying that, isn't it? You're my um, portion of my cup. I'm relying on you. You're, you're everything for me in, in my life. It's great. And that's a key point of these these verses yeah. yeah i just want to explain this miktam thing then that, that, yeah, that we mentioned earlier so again it, it's a note uh that uh, uh is is in this uh, right at the beginning of the summer miktam of david lots and lots of 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 discussion in people who write about these things about what that actually means 
nobody really knows, I think, is, is the honest truth. It's probably some kind of musical or literary kind of term. But one uh, uh, line of thought is that this psalm was inscribed on like a piece of stone, which is you know what, what they would inscribe things on in these days, and left in the temple in a very prominent place, the kind of temple being the centre of Jewish worship, where people would go to express their worship of God. And so there was you would have come across this miktam, this slab, if you like, of stone that was inscribed with these uh, verses from this psalm on it so that it would have been continually in people's thoughts and in people's minds and by seeing it a lot hopefully sinking into people's hearts now we have to be careful because we don't know for sure whether that actually happened but i do think and i really like that idea of this psalm being one that can kind of sink into us and um, perhaps we can keep coming back to uh, as reassurance hope promise of what's to come reminder to us of where our reliance and our dependence uh, should be so yeah whether that's really what it means we don't know there's lots of um, argument about that but i think the principle of it being in a prominent place where people could see it i, I think that's a really great principle and actually has something that we might come back to in terms of what could we do with this what what could be next for us when we're yeah. thinking about this psalm so yeah, yeah. So let's let's dig around then in, a little bit in in what's the point of all of this. As you look at this, Becky, are there things that are really striking you that we we haven't talked about yet that you kind of think, well, this seems to be a key a key point from uh, this psalm. Yeah, I think um, the the bit that seems to be sort of the climactic point of the song here is that final few verses. Um, Therefore, my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, my body will also rest secure. You will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You'll fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And I'm kind of thinking as I'm reflecting on what you were saying about the beginning of this song, as David promises, I'm not going to offer sacrifices to any other god, any other, he would have called them idols, that is false gods. Um, that his confidence is in a God who can do something about his life and even can do something about his death. Yeah. And an idol or any false God can't do anything about that. There's the recurring theme in the Old Testament that idols, other gods, are made by people. And of course, if a person makes it, that idol can't do anything really for that person and certainly can't do anything about that person's eternal destiny but David's security and his hope is in the fact that his God can do something even once he's no longer breathing that he will not be abandoned to the realm of the dead but that God is able to do something even about his state of decay when he is in the grave yeah. um, which is amazing actually yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, what about for you? What are you yeah, seeing as the point of this? Yeah, I had a very similar thing to you, really, and and I felt like the verse eight, it, the the psalm seems to pivot to me. So the song seems to pivot. So we've had seven. The first seven verses are uh, David re reflecting on who God is, and almost like I almost kind of feel like his present experience 
he's kind of thinking about uh, you know i'm i'm uh, safe god you know you're my refuge you're my point of safety you're um you're the the good things in my life you know all of that kind of stuff uh, and he, he almost feels to me like he's reflecting a little bit on his current circumstances and i'm not going to follow other gods and all that kind of stuff and then he says in verse 8 i keep my eyes always on the lord with him at my right hand i shall not be shaken so i've got my eyes on god i'm not going to be shaken in this life and then that almost feels like a little pivot because then he seems to me the verses that you read 9 10 and 11 to think about the future as well now um and to uh, anchor some of that hope that he's been talking about in what is to come to and and you said you, you know that that uh, as god has been his uh, portion in his cup in this life so he will be in what is to come and uh, that's why we picked this psalm today because uh, it's an old testament uh, passage that reflects on what is to come so there's this pivotal moment in the psalm it seems to me uh, and um, david's reflecting not only on how amazing god is for him in his current situation in his current circumstances all that god is doing but also what god is going to do in in the future for him and that um, even on the day that david's earthly current life ends god isn't abandoning him he's still there even when his body decays uh god is still there with him he's still going along uh with god and so uh david uh seems to reiterate some of what we have said uh, before that um uh, god doesn't abandon us in death uh, and that we can take confidence and encouragement from spending an eternity uh, with God. It seems to me that there's a promise here of a bodily resurrection, which is something we've talked about a little bit and we'll talk about more. So a bodily resurrection for David and an eternal internal destiny with God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that phrase, my body will also rest secure. Yeah. It's not just sort of a spiritual kind of, he's not talking about a soul or something like that. He's talking about something physical. Yeah. And and interestingly, this, this is a verse that is used by followers of Jesus in the New Testament, the part of the bible written after jesus when they were proclaiming jesus's resurrection from the dead they used these words of david and they said look the words of david have been shown to be true that that jesus has been raised from the dead that he was the one who was not abandoned to the realm of the dead uh he was the faithful one who did not see decay and that god has raised him from the dead and those were the words they used and that promise that that what David has said here is demonstrated in Jesus and is secure for us as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, turning on when listeners are, are listening to this. I, they may not have heard yet, or they, they, they may have heard a message that I did in the second part of our Sunday uh, sermon series on this about what heaven's going to be like. And in there, one of the big take-homes I said is that Jesus is not the only one who gets bodily resurrected from the dead. Uh, that actually that is what awaits all Jesus followers. And that may seem far-fetched to us. It may seem almost unbelievable to us, particularly maybe if we're exploring faith, think, well, how does that work? And it, it, it does, it is something that's very difficult for us to comprehend, but God's already done it once. And if God can do it once, he can do it again with all of us. Yeah. And that, that I think is a really important thing. So shall we dig into our next question? What's yes. the difference? What difference does this make? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think so much of this what's the difference stuff is 
like building up as we go through this podcast, isn't it? it I hope it, it continues to be that hope and joy that this uh, this promises us, this picture that it's painting for us of of you know, we've talked about a new heaven and a new earth, a bodily resurrection of people um, uh, of us, those who are following Jesus, inhabiting this new heaven and new earth, and that should make a difference to our lives now. Yeah. That prospect of what is to come. And it should make some of the differences that it's making for David in this psalm. That that uh, it should um, help us to be able to say, well, my portion and my cup are secure because of the inheritance that has been guaranteed for me, just like it was for David. And um, I won't follow and pursue other gods. Yeah. And it might not be the same kind of gods as it was in David's time, but there are plenty of gods in our culture and in our life that we pour out sacrifices too uh and that uh, that should challenge us yeah. to say you know i'm not going to pursue those other things uh because of who god is and this this stuff that god is doing and, and promising me in the future i'm going to answer the what's the difference question quite personally today yeah. if that's yeah. okay yeah, because course. actually yeah. this verse has been something that's been quite pivotal in my own life and in my own faith when I was at university and in the couple of years after university, I uh, became a very, very afraid about the idea of death. And I, it really got into my head. And I would often have times where I thought, and this does sound a bit silly now when I say it, I thought I was dying. I thought there was something wrong with me. I would suddenly feel like a twinge or my heart would beat a bit faster and I would get really, really anxious and feel like I was going to die. And um, I shared this uh, with my uh, now husband, Matt, and he, in all his wisdom and the fact that he doesn't like to just offer commiserations, he likes to really dig into <laughs> like fears and things like that. He said, OK, so what are you afraid of? And I said, well, I'm afraid of dying. And he said, what are you afraid of about dying? I said, well, it's obvious I'm afraid of dying. And he said, well, do you think God won't be with you? I was like okay i'm like uncomfortable with where this question is going and he would say what do you believe will, ha will ha would happen if you died okay i like <laughs> so i'm getting increasingly uncomfortable but as i went away from that conversation and i i found this verse um and i it began to it was an opportunity for me to really dig into that the scary question and somebody said it in our office in fact the other day that sometimes we can be confident about heaven but very scared of the doorway in very scared of that moment of crossing through from life into death. And these verses, you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your faithful one see decay. They are a very tangible reminder to me that there wouldn't be a second where God wouldn't be by my side. Whatever, whatever happens, whatever will happen, um, God is going to be there. He's going to be with me and he will not leave me. And yes. I, I can't be taken away from him by death, by dying, by illness, by anything like that. Yeah. So to me, these verses make all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so good. Thank, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. And, and brilliant, Matt, as well, yes. is uh, to be asking those kinds of questions. Yeah. Yeah, that's really powerful. And and that might make you listening feel quite uncomfortable because actually that, that feels like it is uncomfortable to think actually quite literally about your own death. Um, but I think if you are somebody who is who feels nervous about that, and as I talk to people about my own experiences, I realise actually quite a few people do think about that. And even if you're young and healthy, you do think about things like that. So 
I'd encourage you to go back to these verses um, and take heart from them and really let the truth of these sink into those fears because I think we can confront them we don't have to sweep the fear of death under the rug actually and we don't talk about it very much do we because it's not a cheery subject but yeah see just I think this is an okay link to make what you have as you share your story what I'm thinking is you've done that miktam thing if if it you know if if that's what it means about inscribing something such that it sinks into our consciousness our our being our our soul you know all of that kind of stuff by using these verses in the way you've described to bring you a peace and a and a reassurance and all that kind of stuff that seems to me to be what whether it Mikhtam means that or not there's no doubt things like this were inscribed on tablets and left in the temple so people would see them and understand them and and reflect on them and allow them to sink in to themselves so again i i wonder we're probably getting into the what's next thing here can we find ways to inscribe these key and very comforting and reassuring verses about things we probably if we're honest all find uncomfortable and distressing and disturbing to think about such that they they bubble up to the surface of our lives and our thinking when we're beginning to find ourselves disturbed or discomforted or um, reflecting on things that we're struggling with. So I I think, yeah, and perhaps people can share with us ways they find to do this would be really good on social media or whatever as they reflect on this. How do you inscribe things? Is it, is it literally writing it out and sticking it up on your wall or your fridge or whatever? Is it, going back to and reading it again and again so that it, it sinks into your mind you remember it you know what, yeah. what, what is it yeah but I, I think that'd be a really great what's next yeah. to take away from today yeah that's brilliant i love that i think that's the perfect next step isn't it to really help it, it almost helps us to rewire our own mindset around these things doesn't it when we have those constant reminders um in tangible places so yeah it'd be really cool to hear how do people do that how do they have you ever done something like this have you ever had I don't know. Maybe people have family mottos yeah, or yeah. or certain things that they've they've set up as things that they want to have inscribed in their own life yes. and in their own hearts. And um, could you use a verse like this to help you as you think about your hope in heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Brilliant. Do you want to go back to see if we can come up with a tweet for Ooh, this? Yeah, I forgot about a tweet. <laughs> so, yes. Um, shall I? Sh- here's one that that I wondered about. Uh, because God doesn't abandon us even in death we can take confidence and encouragement and, and I think this is important, rest secure. Because God doesn't abandon us even in death, we can take confidence and encouragement and rest secure. That's my tweet for the day. I love it. I haven't got anything to add to that. I love it. I've experienced it. It's a good tweet. Yeah. Right. Well, that's been another really good one. Thank you, Becky. Thanks for sharing so personally as well. I think that really helps ground it in something that I think people listening to this will, I have, and I'm sure others listening to it will have found helpful and a helpful way to Mm. use this glorious thing of the Bible to really make an impact and difference in our lives. And that's our heart. That's what we want uh, for people here at ABC and people who are listening to this. Yes, absolutely. Great. Well, we can't wait to join with you for another podcast episode. We hope this has helped you. We hope it's inspired you. We hope that you might take that next step, maybe uh, do something to inscribe these hope, these words of hope into your heart, into your mind. 
And uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Chris. Okay, thank you, Becky.